We are Vintage City Church based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Welcome to our podcast. If you'd like to watch the live video of this teaching, head over to VintageCityChurch.com. We are so glad you are here. Let's get started with today's teaching. Bibles, as you finish up, why don't we go to Acts chapter 2. I don't want to disconnect from just the sweetness of what the Lord's doing, so I just have a couple of things I want to highlight for us. I asked our team to help put together and facilitate a great opportunity for all of us to join teams and get on teams here at the church. What drove that is um, Blynn and I were out on sabbatical and coming back in. Sometimes it's good when you are away to come back with fresh eyes. So coming back with fresh eyes, I just realized, man, I see a lot of the same people week in and week out serving on teams, helping make this thing happen. And I don't think that's the way the Lord built it. I don't think that's what was intended. If we begin with this idea that we just camped on, which is that we were literally created because of his love. It's his heart, his idea. Jesus makes a statement and says, because of my love, I will build my church. And the enemy of your soul will never be able to conquer you. And I know that's the paraphrase, gates of hell will not prevail against it. But the truth is, the enemy of your soul will not be able to conquer you. So I've been chewing on this thought for a few weeks of, if it was his idea for the church, My quest since we began Vintage was the hope of trying to capture something that the early church would recognize. Now I know we have different technology now and all that, but and they didn't have cars, so they would love those. But that they they would recognize the ethos, like the how we gather, the why we gather, the what our hearts are aimed at. So I went into Acts 2, which is kind of a great familiar passage about the early church, and Here's what chapter two, verses 41 through 42 says. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. This is obviously the day of Pentecost. And they joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer. This is really the birth of the church. This is when, you can leave that passage up if you would for a second. This is the birthing of the church and I would say that in its birth, we might find a, a, a more pure genesis. There hadn't been any time for anything to be systematized. And how many know that we as humans are great at systemically removing the life from things? It's just a, it's a gift and a curse at times. But the early church, this is just their first response. And 
I have read this hundreds of times. Most of you have probably heard it hundreds of times. There's two things that jumped out at me that I had never seen. And it's in this phrase, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church. Now, baptism in our culture is a Sunday morning, every fourth Sunday or whatever we do, you know, we do it a lot, even though we're not technically Baptists, we baptize a lot. But I, I love it, it's beautiful, it's one of my favorite things, I weep every time it happens, and it's wonderful. But, baptism for this culture was different. A baptism in this culture meant a public renouncing of your family of origin's faith, a public renouncing of any other way of living, and a declaration that I am now following Jesus Christ, and I'm gonna be taught by Jesus how to live, I'm gonna live as he said, and I'm letting go of any life I had prior to him. We don't do that. In the modern church, we tend to believe that we've added Christ to our life, instead of being added to his. And it's a fundamental paradox that's really, really important because if I believe I've added Jesus to my life, then everything about how I live continues and Jesus gets added to it and he will slowly coach me out of stupidity. If I believe that I've been added to Christ in, instead of him being added to me, now there's a full stop in my life and everything about my life moving forward is up to him. And I do it the way he said. So what's the first thing they do after making that declaration of baptism? They're added to the church. And I had never seen this before as many times as I've talked about church growth or studied it. There's two words that happen. They're added to the church, about 3,000 in all, and they join with the other believers and devoted themselves. And they, there's four devotions that they give themselves to. We talk about these a lot in our Connect class. That's not what I wanna deal with with our time. I wanna look at this word play because the word added to the church and join with the other believers are words that have to be linked in the Greek. They're connected. They actually don't exist in this context. They don't work without the other. So what it means is they were added to the church, something happened and they continued what was happened. They continued what had, what, what had the adding, so to speak. I had, it just blew my mind to consider they were added to the family that they were birthed into. We have this weird, strange, I, I would almost say, I think it might not be from heaven idea that we get to pick and choose the church and we decide where we wanna go, but that's not the biblical model. The biblical model is he adds us to a house. And you can argue, well, there was only one church. There was. But tell me that humanity wouldn't figure out before too long how to get offended and walk away from that house. But what we see is the early church had a discipline which is because my life stopped, the fact that it didn't work for me is no longer an issue. I've been added to a group of believers and my job given to me by the Holy Spirit is to continue in that pursuit. I'm gonna join with them. There's something that happens when we join with other people. Our individualism breaks down, our isolation breaks down, and we become vulnerable to other people's stupidity. Because if I isolate and I stay disconnected, I can't be influenced very heavily by others. They don't have a 
They don't have a big imprint on me. But the moment I decide to go shoulder to shoulder with them and join in with them, all of a sudden I'm now subject to their nuance. Have you ever noticed that coworker that always shows up in a bad mood? How it somehow, you have to fight it affecting your day. Anybody besides me had that happen? It, not here, other jobs, great. <laughs> you see, what happened in the early church is there was a requirement to join in, to do life together. I've been trying to solve this riddle for about 13 years in leading a church. And I figured out where I think it lands. When we get together in teams and we join with other people to accomplish the kingdom, like there's all kinds of administrations that are necessary to run the church, to run the gatherings. And why do we do it? We do it because God called us very clearly to be a dwelling place place a geographic location for his presence and there's all these incredible opportunities that we serve so we can set the table so the Lord can do what he wants to do and influence our city you see when we connect with teams we put ourselves in an environment to both know others and be known by others and that gets scary because all of a sudden now I'm not able to make my own dumb decisions and get away with it because I got people who love me and love Jesus who will call me on my stuff See, that is what's at risk, is do you, are you willing to give yourself to the system of accountability that the Lord created, which is those around you who love you, who will say, hey, 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 uh-uh, you don't get to do that. That's actually not okay. How many have ever been in a spot in your married life where it took friends to talk you into staying married? You can raise your hand, babe. I'm raising mine for us. You see, what happened for Belinda and I was we had accountability. We had a relationship network around us in the kingdom who basically said, I'm not willing to let you be dumb on your own, so we're going to speak to it. We're going to beg you to quit being idiots. It works across the board. It's not just a marriage issue. It works in jobs. It works in interpersonal relationships. It works in all kinds of stuff. The vulnerability to say, I want to be known by you so you can help me stay on the way and I can help you stay on the way. Because I want to remind us, this thing happens because he loves us. He actually has a dream for his kids to do life together and supernaturally transform the world with the way they love each other. Shoulder to shoulder life works when we do life together, it works. How many have noticed that? You have deeper respect for people you work with. And then lastly, we're taught by Jesus to serve. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve and give his life away as a ransom for many. What does that mean? We're taught to sacrificially give our lives away. What I love about that is it, does, it means that we don't have to love what we do. We don't even have to get excited about it. Sometimes it's okay to say, I'm doing this because Jesus told me to. Or I'm doing this because this is where my family has need. 
How many adults in here have ever carried more than one job because you needed to for your family? And it's this weird privilege where you realize I'm working harder than I have to because I love you. And it's this internal thing where you don't even know how to put it into words. You're like, I'm doing this because I care about you so much that I'm willing to. You're like, that's not what happened to me. I got resentful. Well, then you did it for the wrong reason. If it wasn't for serving, it was for the wrong reason. That's just a free tip. So I decided today that we would set the tables up and we'd bribe you with donuts. But my goal and my dream is that the standard issue mantra for the church at large is 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I would love that to not be Vintage's story. I'd love for Vintage's story to say, we just all work together because it's what Jesus told us. None of us have this idea that we just show up and go home. We've all decided to link arms and do this together. There are lots of, the teams ask me, can you, can you plug our team? I'm like, no. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you're like, I don't care what I do, great. Then go around and ask which team needs us most. I will tell you the two teams that probably need, have the greatest draw on them as far as numeric. Children's ministry and our life safety team, our security team. Those are the two biggest drawing agents in the culture. However, we got lots of teams. My dream in this is that we get to know each other and we build a real family. Not where there's a small family that's serving a greater family, but it's all of us. We get to know each other and we learn how to walk the kingdom out because those around us can help us do it. Would you stand with me, please? It's not bad, I did it in 10 minutes. You know, the MO today was, let's shorten worship down, let's make it really quick and easy. And I'm never, I just, I, I had to have a truth moment with myself. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna interrupt what the Holy Spirit's doing. We have to always make space for Him first, our planning second. And if our plans ever supersede the will of the Lord, we're in sin. Then maybe you're here new. You're like, hey, I've not been here very long. I haven't even gone through the membership class. Great. Pastor Matt's over here at the Connect TV. I'd love for you to go see him. Take five minutes. He'll walk you through kind of who we are. We already put the screen, the verse up on the screen. It'll be easy for him to segue from there. For the rest of us, would you just join me in hanging out, grab a donut, meet some people, and connect to a team so we can do life together. And if you've had a mindset that says, I'm not gonna do that, I'm just gonna show up and go home, would you at least ask the Lord if that's okay? Don't assume you get to make that choice. Because last time I checked, we exchanged our life for his. And so Paul's statement of I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, but this life I live now, I don't live according to what I want. I live it according to what he says. You'll see on the screens, by the way, kind of a map on what's where. And uh, if you don't know which way is north, we pointed it that way for you. And south is that way.
And that's just how the tables are laid out. So if you see something, you're like, I want to go to that. It'll keep you from having to loop through them all. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Lord, that phrase, all my love is for you. All my love is yours. We've made a place for you. Lord, I want that to be the heartbeat of this house. That we walk in these doors and everything about it is we are so excited to create a place for you to dwell. We're so excited to be the people of God that you can dwell upon. And when we gather our goals to create incredible throne for you, so the lost walk in and they're like, what in the world is this? And we can point them to you. Say, you should join us. Because this one, this Jesus has changed us. He's emancipated us. He's forgiven us. And he's transformed us. So may your face shine upon us. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Donuts to the glory of God. Thank you for your time with us. If you enjoyed this teaching, we would love to invite you to join us at a live gathering. We are located at 1501 Academy Court in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about Vintage City Church, including our gathering times, previous teachings, and how to become a part of our family, visit us today at VintageCityChurch.com and be sure to connect with us on social media.